welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based upon being outside. What's going on, all you photographers and writers and designers and creative people in the outdoor industry? Welcome to another episode of Outside by Design. I'm your host, Lisa Slagle, and I own a creative agency called Wheelie. It's uh, it's wheeliecreative.com, and uh, you'll hear some commercials for that during the episode because um, Wheelie is what sponsors the podcast. But anyway, today's a fun one. I'm talking to Fiona Swartz. She is the USA marketing specialist at Specialized, Specialized Bikes. Um, and Fiona's awesome. I've met Fiona several times at different Rome events. Uh, I've met her here in Whitefish at different at a Rome retreat, and I met her at Rome Bike Fest as well in Sedona and North Carolina. And Fiona's always smiling and is super approachable and nice and really, really gives the bike industry a good name. Um, she's a really, really lovely human being, and it's always a pleasure to talk to Fiona. So without further ado, enjoy this episode where we talk a lot about ambassadors versus athletes and traveling and getting into the cycling industry. So enjoy. Hey, Fiona, thank you so much for being on Outside by Design. Welcome. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having me here. I'm super stoked to chat with you today. So the very first question is always, where are you and what are you looking at and uh, what's going on in your world over there? Hey, Lisa. Um, I'm over here in Morgan Hill, California. I'm at work right now at Specialized Bicycles. I'm in a meeting room chatting with you about bikes today. Yeah. And the best part is our listeners don't even know, but you couldn't find headphones. So you wrapped your laptop in a sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Cool. So tell our audience a little bit about what you do as a USA marketing specialist and um, kind of what, what your job looks like. Yeah, so my official job title here is USA Marketing Specialist, and you guys are all probably wondering, what does that mean? Well, it's not super definitive. Um, I do a lot of different things, so I think my most important roles here within the USA market are finding our ambassadors, our athletes, um, finding different events that we can sponsor, and then also we have a field of about 15 people uh, within the whole U.S., and I work really hard to support them with whatever they need in the field. If it's a bike, um, some bike parts, anything they need, it's the list is really endless. Cool. So you, your job isn't specific to like women's marketing or anything like that? No, not at all, actually. Um, so men's, women's, road bikes, mountain bikes, like the whole nine yards. And lucky for me, I do get to do quite a bit of women's marketing. Um, so we do partner with a really cool event company called Rome Events, and that's actually where we met, um, women's mountain bike festivals and retreats, and it's such a great part of my job and something I hold very near and dear to my heart, so that part of my job is definitely the pinnacle and the highlight, so um, I'm not only doing women's stuff, but 
honestly everything and that's kind of the beauty and the beast of Specialized. So we have just about everything you could possibly imagine needing for a bike, which is awesome because I can source it from here. But at the same time, that means I have to know about every product we carry. If we have an ambassador, that means that they probably want every one of those parts. So it really is truly a beauty and a beast because there's only so much we can do per person and per event. And it's a really cool problem to have. Yeah, that's awesome. A lot of our audience is like um, photographers or writers or um, creative people within the outdoor industry. And so I think some people are like you where they are in charge of like coming up with ambassador teams and athlete teams. You want to talk a little bit about your role with that? Yeah, of course. So um, I guess it all starts with what we look for within the company of what we want, what openings we want to fill within the company and then reaching outwards. So um, I'll tell you about a little bit of what we did this year for ambassador program. So formerly in the past, we only had a women's ambassador program. Um, and this year we, we extended it outwards. So it's both men and women because um, definitely both men and women are relevant to the industry of cycling. So what we did was we opened the program up to both categories um, we reached out to all of our retailers, said, hey, there's somebody great in your market. Like, let us know who they are. We want to know who these people are in your community that are already doing great things, and we want to bring them in. So I think as far as ambassadors go, uh, we started with our foundation, which is our retailers, and went outward um, to find them that way. And what we did is we had them refer everybody, and that's how we found about 120 different ambassadors in our country. Wow. Are you managing all 120 of those people? I am. And it's, it's pretty scary. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so <laughs> it is 120. I mean, and it's so hard because like, so last year we had only about 12 and we had 12 really badass people, but our country is so big that when you only, when you only have 12 people, like you're not really touching like a portion of the country. So our big focus this year was quantity, um, whereas last year we did quality. So it's not to say that our 120 are not of great, great quality as well, but uh, we really went full two feet in the water at this one. And we just brought in as many as we could possibly handle and a little bit more. So um, I'd say like, that's one of the biggest undertakings of my job right now is just one, how do I manage 120 people? I'm still trying to figure that out. I think once I get everybody their bikes, everybody will be smoothly rolling along and it'll be great. But it's been a little bit of a speed bump right now, but I'm really looking forward to it. Like these people are the ones who carry so much enthusiasm and joy and are so much more appreciative than like anybody else that you come in contact with. Uh, so it's our ambassadors that really uh, let us shine. Like they're the ones who are on the ground uh, spreading all the positivity of our company and our brand. That's awesome. So are you picking those ambassadors based on um, like certain metrics, like a large social media following, or they throw a lot of events, or they just happen to be located in the right place? Like, how do you, how do you pick those people? Right. Um, you know, there's not really a good recipe for it. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of it. So we're not looking at people who are only 
um, engaging really well on social, but it's really a multitude of things. So um, I think with every one of our ambassadors, they have something special about them. And I'll tell you a few things that we really do look out for. So definitely social media is a huge plus, but it's not everything. Um, so I'd say social media is big. Um, getting a referral from somebody who's just engaging at the community level is really big. And the way we find that person is through the referral process. So for instance, if you have a bike shop that says, Jimmy is out here helping us with our local shop ride every week, and he's bringing so many new people to the sport. Um, we really want to get him on board to be an ambassador, but hey, he doesn't have a social media account. Like we know that Jimmy is out there and he's doing a goddamn good job. So we want, we want to bring Jimmy in. And then you also have your other person who is good at both. So I think that that's like the trifecta of people, people who are really good at social, maybe not so much on the ground, people who are good on the ground and not so much at social. And then you have the other person who's uh, good at both, but maybe not a master of both. Nice. And how is that different than the athlete team? Are you in charge of working with the athletes as well? Yeah. So another big part of my job is doing our contracts for our U.S. athletes. And I think the biggest thing that's a differentiator between an athlete and an ambassador is the athlete has a very defined race calendar and they're striving for results. So whereas with an ambassador, they're, they probably race a little bit, but it's not their focus. And an athlete is definitely result-driven. And for an ambassador, I think if you have a very big, heavy race calendar, you might not be as engaged in your community because your number one goal is to get your results, to do your training, and maybe not so much um, engage with your community on local shop rides because, quite frankly, you're probably doing a training ride. So I think that might be the biggest differentiator between the two. Do you get, do you get any overlap? I guess it would be I think it's an interesting era. It's such a strange era for athletes, right? Because I know, because I mean, definitely all of our athletes are ambassadors, but not all of our ambassadors are athletes. So Mm -hmm. to bring in ambassadors that are ambassador specific, where I don't, I quite frankly, I don't really care what your race results are. I just want to find somebody who uh, can really engage with the community and, is nice also. And that really cares about cycling and bringing more people into the sport. Like that's what it's all about is like sharing your love for cycling and bringing people in where I think the athlete, like, sure, like you are probably driven in that ground as well. You want to spread the love for cycling, but I think definitely you're result driven. Whereas a peer ambassador, they're not out there doing their weekend rides to throw their bike at the, at the, the sign. (laughs) (laughs) Have you always just used whatever sheets are the easiest to find? You're not even sure where you bought your sheets in the first place, are you? You've kind of just had them since college. No one's really sure. No one's ever sure. Well, guess what? Now you can buy really, really fancy sheets online at an affordable price. And that sounds super cool. And I don't really know much about that because I still use the mystery sheets, but I can tell you about a really great creative agency called Wheelie Creative. Most people call it Wheelie, but we're a creative agency for people who thrive outside. Results-oriented, strategy-driven, and a lot of fun to work with. So check us out, wheeliecreative.com. Results-oriented, 
pretty fun too. Nice. And you yourself are an athlete, right? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I definitely used to race a bit more. And, you know, it's funny because before I started working in the bike industries, when I raced a lot more and you would think that it would be the opposite, but my training has gone down. (laughs) So I'm at like all of these great cycling events, but for me to be on a strict schedule, I just, I just don't have that in myself to know how to balance the both, but there's definitely a lot of really fast people around here and, uh, kudos to them. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I do, I do enjoy racing and I am pretty selective with what I do. And that's just because I can't devote my whole year around being in tip top shape, but I definitely love a good friendly competition. (laughs) Yeah. And are you, it seems like you're always on the road. Do you travel as much as I think you do? Probably, maybe even more, because sometimes I can't post about it. But uh, I'd say anywhere from, gosh, I'd say March through July, I travel almost every weekend, if not, uh, or maybe every other weekend, something about that. And that's between, um, gosh, all the wonderful Rome events I get to do, Um, all of the events we sponsor and just my own personal travel as well, but mostly work related. Wow. So question then, because I have to travel a lot for work. Yeah. Do you have any like hacks for training or staying in shape while you're traveling? Oh gosh. I mean, the best thing about my travel is I get to bring my bike with me. I'd say 80% of the time. So Lucky for me, um, I'm in a job that I can really say is a dream job because all of the great things that I get to do are surrounded by bikes and I love bikes. So um, to give you a little bit of a taste, so in March, I'll be traveling quite a bit for some race events that we're sponsoring this year. And so I think three out of the four of the events are race oriented. So not only is specialized there for race presence, but Um, I have such a great team there with me that they let me escape for about an hour to race as well. So, um, yes, it's really hard work because we're there on our feet all day working an event. But at the same time, uh, I have such a great support of team members around me to where uh, we all support each other in the way where we know that riding is important. So if I want to go out and do an hour of riding, like, they're all for it and vice versa. Like we definitely encourage everybody to get the ride in every day. It's such a big part of the job and just making everybody who they are as a person. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's such a fun industry to be in. And what's your favorite bike right now? Ooh, definitely my Epic. Uh, it's a, my cross country mountain bike. Oh, you're an Epic, not a, not a stump jumper, huh? I love my stump jumper. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I mean, all of my bikes are my favorite bike, but I mean, if I could have like one bike, like I would hold on to that one tightly. It's just so versatile. And I don't know the new one, especially it is like, I can do just about everything I can do on my Epic is my stump jumper. So, uh, it might just be a little bit more comfortable in my stump jumper, (laughs) but I, I, so I also like a little bit of a challenge and my Epic's way lighter and I'm quite the weight weenie. So uh, that one is definitely my favorite. (laughs) 
Are you really? You're you're quite the weight weenie. I am, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I roll three rotor bolts right now. I, with the help of my boyfriend, he helps me out with getting titanium bolts on everything and just making sure that I can cut down wherever it's safe to. <laughs> wow. So how yeah. much does your bike weigh? Um... Honestly, like I am a weight weenie, but I don't know how much my bike weighs. <laughs> I'd say about 20, 20 pounds, yeah, maybe 21, but it has a dropper post on it too. So that's, I think that's pretty respectable. Yeah. 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 That's respectable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So you, and then what wheel size are you rolling with these days? I'm definitely a 29er person, any bike. Yeah. 29er loyal hands down yes love it will run it on every bike <laughs> that's awesome and what's your favorite part of the country to ride your bike in Ooh, this is tough I think I have two favorites right now so um first I'd say Santa Cruz and lucky for me I also get to live there um I just love the mountain biking there and even the road riding is phenomenal and something really cool about it is I travel all year long so every time I come home it's like such a treat that I get to be in one of my favorite places to ride so um I don't know like I don't think everybody gets that but and sure everybody might love their hometown trails but I've lived in other places too and I didn't have as much love for those trails so I feel really lucky to say that my favorite place to ride is where I live. So yeah, so I think that one is my top favorite. And then I've also discovered North Carolina this year at a Rome festival and I rode in Pisgah and I had the best time ever. Um, we only did about 13 miles of riding there, but I'm really looking forward to going back this year at the next Rome festival to discover a little bit more. And I'm definitely gonna extend my trip at that one. So I think that might be my second favorite. Yeah, that was the first time I've ridden in North Carolina as well. What'd you think? And I was I was really surprised by roots <laughs> and how to ride roots and how your tires just want to roll over those, even though they look scary. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, and the dirt was really nice. It was really nice. And, you know, it was humid out, but... I didn't really notice it because the trails were just so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was funny because I'm so used to big mountains being from Colorado and now riding in Montana so much. And so I was like a little thrown off that the, the amount of vert you get in North Carolina is relatively small, but you can just do tons and tons of laps. Yeah. It was, it was pretty small actually. I didn't even think about that until now. Um, did you have the opportunity to ride in Pisco when you were there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, and that was good. We shuttled. Nice. We did not shuttle, but I think that would have been even more fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you tired of paying car insurance one place, health insurance another, how home insurance, renters insurance, all these types of insurances in all these different places? Wouldn't it be nice if you could bundle something? Well, I know something cool to bundle. A website with a logo. You should call our friends at wheeliecreative.com. 
They're a creative agency for people who thrive outside, and they believe that life should be lived, felt, and shouted from mountaintops. That's the strategy that they bring into everything. While we might not know anything about bundling insurance, we know a lot about bundling love, strategy, and results into one giant branding package that'll get your business results. You might be thinking, Lisa, isn't Wheelie Creative your company? Isn't that your creative agency that you started 10 years ago? Sure is, but I'm paying Iris to edit the podcast and Wheelie Creative is what sponsors this podcast, so you get to hear the ads about it. WheelieCreative.com. We don't bundle insurance, but we do bundle other things. Cool. So question for you, as we are kind of nearing the end of this podcast, how did you get into the bike industry? Um, and did you always want to be in the bike industry? That is a very good question. So um, I guess I'll start back at when I was little. Um when I first got into riding. So when I was about, I'd say eight years old, that's an estimate. Um, I got into the sport of riding with my dad and my brother. Um, we would just do normal, like after school evening ride or on the weekend, he would take us out and we'd ride as a bonding activity and just getting some fresh air. Um, that turned into summertime camping and always bringing our bikes, doing that. And in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, they had this event called Norba Nationals, and that was a big mountain bike event up in like Mammoth, Big Bear area. So my dad would also schedule these really fun camping trips, like surrounded by like us going to these big bike races and all these big uh, event sponsors would be there. SRAM would be there. Uh, Intense was there at the time, like all these big big names and all the pro athletes would come out racing. So I think like being exposed to that at a really early age, like really made me latch on and have these really warm, fuzzy memories of cycling. Um, And then I naturally fell out of it in middle school, Uh, didn't ride at all. And then uh, after college, I would be going to the gym all the time. I ended up doing spin class pretty regularly. So I was a spinner at the time, like didn't even think about riding at all. Um, No thought about it, just went to spin. And then I got together with my boyfriend at the time. Um, Actually, my current boyfriend now, we've been together for almost nine years. And uh, he was a big time roadie. um, And he kind of re-inspired me to get back on the bike. I didn't even think about it like at all. Like, oh, like, you know, I do spin class, but who would have thought like, I can go ride outside, like even with the background of it, like not a thought. And he really re-inspired me to get back on the bike. Um, and that turned into me inspiring him to ride mountain because that's where I originally rode. So I think first being introduced at it at a really young age is where it all stemmed from. Being reintroduced to it through my boyfriend is where the I got a re-spark. And then along the years, I had an opportunity to work at a bike shop because that's where my boyfriend worked at the time and they really needed somebody once a week. So the shop manager there knew me pretty well. He was already kind of helping me out with a little bit of a discount. So, you know, he asked me like, hey, Fiona, like really need somebody on Wednesdays. I know you're at your last semester of college right now. You're just doing an internship. Uh, Like, can I use your help on Wednesdays? And like, that's how I like initially got back into the bike industry. So 
Um, like me working at a shop called Rock and Road is where I got my foot in the door. And, you know, I was only there for about three months. And one of my other friends at the time uh, worked at Felt Bicycles where I got my first uh, big girl job. So <laughs> he knew I was a smart girl. And it's like, you know, you just finished up college. I really need help at Felt. Like, I'd love for you to come work here um, if that would even interest you. Um, so I've been in the industry for about three years now. Uh, no, about three, no, four years, actually. So I've been in the industry for about four years, and it all started at a bike shop. Then it felt bicycles uh, for a little bit. And then I was there for almost three years, left, went to Praxis Components, and then here I am now at Specialized. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you and your boyfriend have a tandem? No, you know what? We don't. <laughs> We've talked about it. You guys. I don't even know where we put it, but uh, <laughs> that would be fun. Do you have a tandem for us, Lisa? <laughs> you know, not yet, but maybe. Okay. Uh, we work with Ten Barrel Brewery a lot, and so when one of our big campaigns for them launched, we sent them a tandem and then they uh, got it spray painted and put the 10 barrel logo on it. And they want to do a video where it's like the first double backflip on a tandem or oh, something. Wow. And some, uh, yeah. They're like destroying this like beautiful tandem. really silly. That's, that's really yeah. ambitious. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> it brings me so much joy because yeah. it's like a beach cruiser style tandem. Like it's not, Grace yeah no, I don't know if any tandems yeah. are like <laughs> like if we were to be on a tandem though like I would I would not want to be in sight of the trail because Brian is a really good rider and he rides quite a bit faster than me so I would probably almost want no control because I would just make a stop <laughs> I, I really like to be in the front in a tandem and then I think it's a funny joke to ride under a really low tree branch and duck. Oh, we could do that. <laughs> and, then it, and then it hits the horse. It's good. Um, <laughs> well, cool. So last question for you. Why do you think it's an important mission that you do for a living to get people on bikes? Um, why is it important to get people on bikes? I think, well, gosh, there's so many reasons. Uh, one who doesn't love riding. I think there's something just so joyful about it that just brings people back to childhood. Um, there's like this feeling of being free that comes with it. And it's something I've actually rediscovered with getting onto e-bikes that uh, you really experience that freedom and that joy. It's just pure. Um, so I think that's one. Two, it's healthy. <laughs> and three, it's like awesome for the environment, especially if you can translate riding bikes into something where you can omit a car and use it as transportation. So I think like those three things are like awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good answer. Um, one more last question because you work in marketing. What is your advice to like writers and photographers and designers who want to work in the bike industry or even have the ability to work in the bike industry and want to make some kind of change? What's your advice to people 
who are really, really passionate about the cycling industry and need to get their photos in the right place. So I think right now is actually a really cool and awesome time where you can get your content into the hands of bike, the bike industry. Um, I think right now more than ever for we as a company and also just the outdoor industry, we rely so much more on content that's produced by real people that are out there doing these things. Uh, so like we talked about before, um, we look at ambassadors for bringing the stoke to our product. Um, the people who can create content, whether it's writing, photos, blogging, uh, we really have an open eye to find these people that are already doing that and creating really badass content. So I think if you're somebody who has a niche for creativity and you like bikes, just create as much content as you can, I'd say, and just make sure that you put it somewhere where people will see it and appreciate it. And maybe if you don't have, uh, let's see. So if you have the creativity to do that, but you can't create it on your own, find that writer um, and make a partnership with it. I mean, like your options right now are pretty endless and there's so many different outlets where you can get your content seen. I think like right now is the best time to be trying to get your content out there. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much for your time and being awesome and smiley all the time. Welcome. (laughs) Great chatting with you, Lisa. Yeah. And um, where can people follow you online? Um, I'm on Instagram. My name on there, you can just search my first and last name and it'll definitely pop up. It's just Fiona Swartz. Fiona. Yeah. And if you just look at my name on there, it's yeah, Fiona. And I don't know how many vowels or N's are in there, but if you just search my name, you'll definitely find it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, gosh, Fiona, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Lisa. There you have it. You can follow Fiona on Instagram. Just search her name, Fiona Swartz. It's S-W-A-R-T-Z. Um, and you'll laugh when you see her name. It's like Fiona with a lot of O's and A's. Tune in next week when I have Morgan from Hydropack on the show. She is the global marketing director of Hydropack. And we talk a lot about agencies and marketing managers working together in a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Enjoy. Have a great week.